community and beyond. First, what's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think we're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. Better get bright, pal. We got a show to do. Then we got to figure out some way to collect that gate money. Get it to the Cook County Assessor's office as soon as they open in the morning. Joliet, Jake, and Elwood Blues. Two men with a mission. And only 11 days. Don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Our Lady of Blessed Acceleration, don't fail me now. Welcome, everybody, to Popped Culture. I am Scott. I'm Elwood. And I'm Monica. You'll be like, and I'm Jake. I thought you were going to roll with it then. Or I'm the Steer mystery into the skin. Or I'm the mystery woman. <laughs> oh, yes. So, the Blues Brothers. Uh, suggested by Jason. Carry, uh, the motion carried by Monica. And mm. then it was left to me, who uh, I actually hadn't seen the Blues Brothers. So through we some... need your response first. Yes, because you some... were missing out. From some <laughs> sheer, like, not because I never wanted to see it or anything like that. I just missed it. It was not something my parents were into when I was growing up, so I didn't get to see it. Anyway, uh, before I do that, though, there's, there's two things I need to talk about uh, in regards to this film. So obviously, while I'm watching it, because I'm a giant nerd, I'm quickly Googling bits and pieces. <laughs> and the two, would you both like to know the two most Googled things when you type in the Blues Brothers, as far as questions are? Uh, car crashes? Nah. Does oh, it really? Mean- does it somehow involve the Illinois Nazis? No. Nah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Firstly, did, yeah. <laughs> the Blues Brothers, did John Belushi actually do backflips? All right, yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, the yeah. Car wheel. Yep. And, and is the Blues Brothers based on a true story? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's based on an SNL sketch, so. <laughs> <laughs> that did happen. That's, that happened, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to find out, and you're probably going to shed some light on it for me anyway as we go through this, because I know Jason is uh, quite the fan of this movie. Um, are any of the songs in this original? Sweet Home Chicago is original, right? Uh, not sure. That that one I'm not really clear on. I think they, the goal of it was to actually bring blues back as such mm. and give yeah. you a bit of a historical lesson in it almost. Um it's sort of how Dan Aykroyd pitched it to John Belushi as an SNL skit because uh, Aykroyd loved blues and John Belushi had nothing to do with it. And so he went through this process of teaching him. I think he had like a 
a club or a cafe, I can't remember, it was a cafe or something with the history of blues as a jukebox. So it had all the sequences of blues in it uh, through history. And then John Belushi would come with him and listen to it and eventually enjoyed it as well. And then they made the SNL skit uh, for the Blues Brothers. And I have to say now, I, I don't know why some people suggest Wayne's World's the best SNL skit to film because it's so much lower than this one. It, it's a one joke film, Wayne's World, but Blues, Blues Brothers is just so rich in so many ways. So, yeah. yeah, it is. Like from the performances to the premise to the non-stop, like there's joke after joke after joke. It's a wild ride and it's great. It's got that, um, all right, well, wait, wait. yes, I really liked it. Yeah, sorry, we didn't <laughs> get an answer. Yeah, yeah go, really, Scott, really, really you go. I liked it. Like, yeah. it totally, like, I was just in hysterics. And like it was like that, one of those sort of films, and I think it's a lot of films of this era, that sort of late 70s, early 80s, where I, I really do feel like maybe I was born in the wrong time because it feels like a lot of these jokes were written for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the broken watch, I fucking pissed myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I did, did like, it, yeah. And I and I think it's a strength of Dan Aykroyd. Like, he's uh, with Ghostbusters, which we've talked about previously as well. Like, being, he can really get a tight, script as far as jokes and and this one certainly leans on absurdity a little more than i mean i guess ghosts the concept of that is kind of absurd anyway but like the the nazis and then the country band that, like, Good old and, then, boys. and then the, the 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 you know the the mystery woman who just when she blew up the building i like nearly fell out of my chair <laughs> i just didn't expect it <laughs> It um it yeah it just hit me on and then not to mention just one of the most banging soundtracks I've ever heard in a movie. Yeah, it's mm. and we sort of talked about it and you were like, oh, it's like your favorite musical. That's not a musical. It's absolutely a musical. Like there are there are moments where characters do start singing their feelings and things. So I think it yeah, totally it's counts. Just not, not constant like music. No, it's not constant, but it's yeah. it totally happens. Yeah, um, but. I, I can't see any musical that comes close to that music. <laughs> no, no. Um, Even yeah, like the, to... the most stirring rendition of the theme of Rawhide I've ever heard. Is... <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? It's hard being a woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, apparently, though, the original script was something like 300 and something pages, so it was actually much longer and landed... Landis had to come in and cut it down completely because uh, it, it suggested that Dan Aykroyd had never really written or seen movie scripts because, you know, he was a comedy act on SNL. He wasn't doing films at that point. And so when he wrote his own script, it was massive. And so they had to pair it back. Yeah, right. Mm. And, I mean, the movie's so chock off, I believe that. <laughs> mm. And um, I think it's also, this, I mean, Landis is, he's a great writer and a great director. We've talked about the controversy that is John Landis before. And this is all before that. So I think trying not to think about him being a really horrible person. <laughs> he's a very talented man and, and it shows in this film. Yeah, it does. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, if he's... It says it's written by Dan Aykroyd and him. So yeah. obviously he's had a hand in it and um, obviously tightened it 
to the point where I don't think there's a scene that lets up at all. No, not at all. Even the very quiet scenes or when you feel that there might not be a lot going on to get the story started. So when um, the Blues Brothers go and see the Penguin, for example, you sort of expect it to be the story that sort of starts off at a leisurely pace. But no, she starts whacking them the minute they start swearing a store. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when they come up to her office, you've got this tilted um, giant Jesus on a crucifix. Very foreboding. And she like oh. hovers. Yeah. <laughs> she's fantastic <laughs> and when they yeah. drag their desks forward towards the yeah. desk <laughs> yeah it actually goes about eight minutes without any dialogue too it's, yeah uh, it, it, up until um i think it's yeah frank oz going <laughs> um you know one suit jacket black one mm. pair of pants black suit pants and so on and um yeah it's still one prophylactic <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. One soiled. <laughs> <laughs> and how he leans over the line to sign off to collect <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so it's uh it really works well on every scene um i remember i actually saw it when i was quite young and that first eight minutes did throw me being young because I was there going what what's this about you, yeah. you don't get an idea at all and it's but in re-watching it it was sort of nice seeing that uh establishment of Chicago with factory areas and things like that to sort of go this is really in a working class area with a lot of people who are downtrodden and mm. blue, blues is where they turn to um in that situation which is sort of where it's coming from yeah. Um, but it also shows the heart in the film, in the script. It's like when you think about it, even though they're very naughty boys, if you want, if you want to say, you could say <laughs> they're cr criminal in fact, but um, it, it's for good intentions, weirdly. Yeah, they're trying to raise this money to stop the orphanage from closing and it's also about bringing the band back together, which is also, I think, quite nice, especially by the end when you see them all perform together. And you can see the closeness that the two brothers have, Dan Akron and John Belushi. They have a really wonderful rapport on screen. They have good chemistry. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And there's not like a the the way they're able to bounce off each other, and just with looks and yeah, like with that first, when they they sort of perform at that um, the 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 country dive bar. Yes. And like <laughs> at like Elwood kind of goes with it, and then you know Jake's just standing. <laughs> For yeah. like a really long time. Bob's country bunker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and and the ongoing joke through it, because even my kids noticed this because I rewatched it for the fun of it. And um, they were going, they don't react. They don't react to anything. It doesn't matter what's going on. They just sort of really cool customers get up and go, oh, mm. you know, there's heaps of dimes here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing's been yeah, blown nothing up by a flamethrower. <laughs> And, um, yeah, the rocket launcher, they're <laughs> sort of like, oh, they step over it and go inside. Yeah, so it, it's brilliant characters. And then they're different too, which is really nice too, even though you, you wouldn't think so with so much silence in between them, but no, a strong difference. They are very different. I think Jake is um, way more of a hedonist than Elwood, <laughs> especially with when we find out um, the mystery woman played by Carrie Fisher in one of the best performances she's ever done. Um, 
that he left her at the altar. And it's the only time in the movie as well when he makes up these ridiculous excuses that he takes off his sunglasses to yeah. completely bullshit her. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that, and that not a great moment too where it's like the kiss and he just drops. <laughs> yeah. You don't do that to goddess Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, I just it, it yeah, it just kept going and getting crazier and crazier, and then yeah, the Illinois Nazis who then <laughs> <laughs> kept coming back, and and then and, the, the the end is just the most like you know the Fast and Furious can go fuck itself. <laughs> it's got nothing on this. I would <laughs> say the Blues Brothers probably has some of the best car chase scenes in any movie that I've ever seen. Like uh, it's. Yeah, definitely but borrowed it, from Mad Max. Like you can yeah. see a lot of techniques, and it has that same visceral, real feeling to the car crashes and things. But, but you is see they're actually destroying play... cars. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, but it's yeah, able yeah. to play it in with a laugh too. Like where he's like yeah. hitting every <laughs> shop. Yeah, well, <laughs> center. Oh, it's There's a lot of room in this shopping center. Like... <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we're in a truck." Like it just everything was. Yeah, they managed to play vehicular violence for laughs. Mm, yeah. And, and interestingly, also... oh, sorry. You, no, you no, go no, on you go ahead. first. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I will let you go, Monica. No, no, no. no. Please. All right. All right. Um, interestingly, I noticed that uh, because these car shots are quite real and obviously filmed in real time because i know that they had to get permission to go 100 miles per hour through the city and they had to put walking people in there to show that the cars were actually going that speed so when you see the footage it's purposely done to show you that they're actually going the right speed but you notice that dan Aykroyd's actually driving yeah and yeah. some of the shots like it's like, i was like i only noticed it on this re-watching where i was probably analyzing it more than i'd normally would and just sit back and just enjoy it like i normally do and I was really surprised to see him driving. I remember there being some kind of dispute as well for the um, shopping centre chase scene that um, all the damage that they that the shopping centre took, um, they understood it to not be owned by anybody, but turns out, yes, there was an owner and um, there was a huge legal issue <laughs> pertaining as to who was going to pay for the damages, whereas the mm -hmm. film company was just like, well, no, you gave us permission. It's wrecked. Sorry about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, there was... Uh, it it was a case where the shopping centre had been shut down and yes. apparently due to a rise in crime in the area, <laughs> so they gave up on it, uh, but then they made it a temporary place for a school before because the school mm. was being built and then they went, oh, yeah, you can have permission to do it and that happened. Yeah, they destroyed it, but there was no clause in it to say you're going to repair everything, so they just left yeah, it. Yeah, that's <laughs> Which, yeah, it, it, it sort of lends to that Hollywood aspect that's going on then and probably still does to some respects. But um, it, that sort of they don't care what they do. They're just going to get the art done and, you know, it probably leans to John Landis sort of style too. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's also going in along the lines of how much drugs were being taken. It's also known that they... Uh, Dan Aykroyd suggested that budget actually had a cocaine budget for John, John Belushi um, because keep him upright. <laughs> yeah, just basically to keep him going at night if they had to do anything at night. And um, John Landis has since disputed it, but it, you know, I, we do know that unfortunately these habits were being 
created. Well, I mean, in Belushi's case, it was... Yeah, it kills him. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's sort of a tragic thing going on behind the scenes there, building to only a couple of years later. So Yeah, well, two years later, I think. Yep. Yep. And um, I think this is... Like, I've never been a great lover of kind of Animal House and things like that. They're just, just not ever done anything for me but this was i think one of the first time i watched the film and i'm like john belushi i'm like oh wow what a what a talented dude yeah very funny very very funny yes and he did do the cartwheel he did do the cartwheel (laughs) (laughs) yep that is him oh cool you can jump onto google answers and fix that up for some people (laughs) i don't know if he did the backflips that you see in the church though that that to me looks like it's a setup of someone else yeah but yeah. in the final concert in the hall there, you can see it's him because he does the cartwheel, lands there, and it's sort of one shot. Mm. So. Yeah. I think also one of the really fun parts of this film is going back to demonstrating, you know, or showing off the blues. You have performances by Ray Charles. You have James Brown. You have Aretha Franklin. Even Shaka Khan is in the choir of the church <laughs> in in the in the movie, and they're all incredibly enjoyable performances on their own as well. Yeah, and John Lee Hooker. And John Lee Hooker. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there's the, the so much. Yeah. And, then and, used, and used really well too, like. Mm. And some of them to like great effect. Like the Ray Charles scene is hilarious when he sh- <laughs> when he shoots at the kid for trying yeah. to get the <laughs> And then the little cutaway later where he puts the poster up upside down. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's really well done. Aretha Franklin's bits phenomenal. Yeah, it's yeah. Amazing. What a voice. They they apparently didn't want her there. They wanted someone else, and um, Dan Aykroyd insisted. Yeah, good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he. I think because they were getting so much success in Saturday Night Live and things that they were able to push as Had much a little bit of power. Broken. Bigger tickets, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing they pushed was the gl- sunglasses. The oh, studios, really? yeah, studios didn't. Oh yeah, because they they've wouldn't. got them on the whole time. And they're going, but we want to see your eyes. So they had that one moment, mm. and um, yeah, it's it's showing that Dan Aykroyd at that time was really sort of inspired in what he was doing had control over it and um mm. it really shows uh, that he had this great affection for what was being done and the way that he included all the uh black american musicians to be all part of it if not the heroes of it not you know mm. they're, they're sort of looked down upon in a lot of ways throughout the film the blues brothers themselves um but it's a homage to those greats of blues and it, it really holds to that. Yeah, it certainly does. And all the other performances as well by the, su- the supporting cast too. I know he's not in the film a lot, but I always love seeing John Candy on my screen. Um, yeah, he's, he's great. He's just great and he's so delightful. And he's only in a handful of scenes, but, you know, it's great to see him. Yeah, and he's memorable whether it's the John Candy-ness of it or it's the, you know, the... The role or whatever i think it's the john candy but mm. yes definitely <laughs> but um there's there's other things in this film which just stand out which is nothing to do with that blues part or the comedy it's like when they're dropping a car into the city from the sky yeah like that's real footage and it's it's absolutely crazy that they decided to do things like that and it's amazing yeah. when you see it yeah, yeah. From, from a 
filmmaking perspective, it's, it's extremely well shot. The practical effects are great. You know, it's a really well-made film. You can't oh, which it. I think is definitely to, to Landis's strengths, hmm. which obviously those um, that that pension for live-action stunts is uh, sort of his, un- <laughs> his undoing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's done very well in this film. Yeah, absolutely it is. And, Scott, did you like the last cameo in it? The last cameo in it. Yeah, right at the end. Oh, the yeah, of course I did. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. I was, I was, yeah, I was like, holy crap, that's David Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little county clerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, 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 no, definitely. There was a, there's, yeah, there's so much in it to, like, talk about. Mm-hmm. And for the first time watching it, to, to talk about it like this was, it was sort of, because I'm trying to analyze it, but then I'm sort of losing myself in the absurdity. And it was, it was really cool. And I'm really glad that you um you picked it. I'm really glad to have finally watched it. Mm. Yeah, it's one that can easily be rewatched. Um, I believe in Melbourne. It was at the Valhalla. They call it down there, or something like that. And uh, in Cremorne Orpheum in Sydney, they had mm-hmm. Blues Brothers every Friday night midnight session for years years and years and years and you were supposed to go in dressed up haha there you go yeah um and uh they'd mix it i think with the rocky horror picture show so they'd alternate between Mm. those two and they were sort of just these cult films that were lasting so much that people would go there at midnight just to enjoy it together all dressed up and yeah uh, shows the power of it now one thing i do want to i do want to briefly talk about before we finish this episode is um there is a sequel. Yeah. Now I've seen the last. No. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely seen the end of the sequel, and I don't know why I've seen the end of the sequel. But I know I've seen the end of the sequel because it's got like John Goodman in it, and yes. but it's also written by Dan Aykroyd and John Landis and directed by John Landis, obviously over the hill John Landis. But yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. I don't know much about it other than apparently it's terrible it's basically oh. a retelling just with um john goodman and, and uh replacing john belushi and involving a child <laughs> i tried to watch it but when you're comparing it to that original it was best just left alone because it's very it's, sterile yeah it's one of these things where that magical mix of everything that was done at that time just cannot be replicated or even developed it doesn't need to be developed it's uh, a perfect thing in itself and what it is so i don't understand why they did it i mean yeah everyone will go to make money but i sort of believe that dan Aykroyd probably does enjoy doing these things and he doesn't need to make the money so sometimes i think they're just projects that go bad yeah right Hmm. okay anyway the blues brothers I'm really glad I finally got to watch it. So thank you both for um, for inviting me on this ride. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Pop Culture. And guys, if you're listening and you're enjoying the show, please jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. 
We've got some good ones there, but we would love to hear from uh, from people and let us know. And please jump onto our socials as well. So we're at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod. And we're on Twitter at popcultureau. Talk to us. We'll talk back. We don't bite. Monica does sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> when asked politely. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you guys for listening. I've been Scott. I'm still Jason. And I'm still Monica. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddie, Monica Porto and Scott Souter. The clip for this week's show was from the Blues Brothers. The trailer was from the Blues Brothers and the song at the end was from the Blues Brothers. If you're enjoying the show, please I invite you to jump onto Apple Meet the podcast and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. And if you'd like to chat to us on social media, we're available at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod or on Twitter at popcultureau. Uh,